Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode eight of season four of This Osteopathic Life. We continue to reemerge here in this fourth season and find our way with the regularity of the episodes as it reveals itself and as I look at what has been successful in the past. I anticipate releasing solo episodes on Tuesday. That seems to be the day that is self-selecting lately. And interview episodes on Fridays. And we'll test this out. We are on the eve of June. So we're entering into this new month. Always a good opportunity to reset and reframe, recalibrate and head forth into the next iteration. So look for those individual, these conversational episodes with me on Tuesdays and interviews, conversations for the health of all things on Fridays, and let me know how that is working for you. Today, we're talking about forgiveness and permission. And actually, this episode did present itself a number of different times for me and didn't make its way to the airwaves until now. We could look at the purpose behind that and the opportunity and also putting in place some structure right, for optimal function so that we do meet on a more regular basis. And I'll share with you the instance that brought this forward for me. So my daughter was in a local play, a children's production of Aladdin, and there were tickets given to the families of those participating in the play, and there were two shows. And she was one of only a handful of children that were in both. It was double cast, meaning all parts were given to two people, and there was the earlier and the later cast But because of some departures of certain actors in the show, she was in both. And so each family was given four tickets. And so we were giving two per show for the performances. And I've always gone to plays and there are box office sales as well, even if you get comped tickets. And this was my first experience with this particular company and production and format. And so I've had the assumption, and we could talk about that in a whole other episode, that there'd be other tickets available. Now, here is where the forgiveness and permission comes in. I could have continued to just operate on that assumption, and I had alerted some friends who had expressed interest after hearing about her experience in the rehearsals and excitement leading up to the performances, encouraged them, invited them to attend. But what I didn't have was a clear answer of how much would the tickets cost, and was it assigned seating? And again, I could have just continued on the assumption trail, and said, I'm not quite sure, but I'm sure if you show up, they'll figure it out. And I wouldn't imagine they'd be significantly expensive, nor did I anticipate that it would be a sold out experience. However, on the day I attempted to find out, and you might imagine those who are producing the play aren't available for logistical questions. And I went back and I saw that there had been an email saying, you need to get these four tickets. And if you want more, let us know. And then I began to think, oof, I may have missed the boat there. Perhaps I needed to ask sooner to get these additional tickets. In any case, on the day, I attempted to phone the box office and they weren't answering. 
And as I dropped her off for the call for the show, I wanted to verify, were there seats available? Could I purchase them? How would that work? And obviously, it was a busy time getting all of these kids ready and all of the details. And they said, sorry, it's sold out. And I thought, wow, really? And I thought, well, that's great, right? A full house for these kids, that's fantastic. And if that's the case, that's the case, right? There are no more seats, no room left in the inn. And I then re-alerted our friends that, so sorry, the show is sold out. We were allowed to record it so I can send this recording. And there was some disappointment, right? And this is a local theater. It's proximal, actually, to many of these friends, so not a big investment in travel time. And I noticed that I wanted to eliminate any inconveniences for them, that should they come and be turned away, that would be disappointing. But what I didn't think about was, am I also eliminating the opportunity for them to make that choice by trying to leverage my convenience creation? Have I taken away a potential opportunity? So as the showtime arrived, and we used two of those tickets, right? Or two tickets for the first show that we had. And I, my sons wait till the next show. We arrived and it looked busy. The parking lot was quite busy, although it's a relatively small parking lot for the building. As we went in, there were a lot of open seats and it was relatively close to showtime. So I went and asked again. Here's this permission asking, right? Permission happening over and over again to the person with the roster. And she said, well, it's close to sold out, but there are about 30 seats that weren't allocated. And of course, not everyone who got a ticket is going to show up, right? There's not 100% follow-through rate on a weekday showing of a children's play. And that's just how it generally rolls. So I thought, oh, right, there's these seats and it isn't a full house. And these people who were invested in coming, I've now turned away And I attempted to let them know, but of course it was quite late. And like I said, the parking was challenging more than the seats were. And so they weren't able to attend. Now here enter many opportunities for self-coaching. And you've been with me for past episodes where we talk about how we can coach ourselves through an experience. So let's look at lots of different iterations within this situation. I could feel frustrated, right? That there was miscommunication. Certainly the producers and directors could be frustrated that I didn't follow through sooner. And I could feel shameful from that, right? That I didn't understand more specifically what those details were around the tickets. I could also enter into a compassion space and say, well, this is my first experience with this. It is a different format. And now that I know, I can do differently the next time. And there did happen to be two shows. And so I did alert those who were able to attend the second show. Because while a 10-minute notice with limited parking might be a challenge, an hour may give them more of that opportunity. And I checked in with myself as I felt all those feelings, some elements of shame, of guilt, of sheepishness. That feeling keeps coming up for me more frequently lately. And of frustration, disappointment for myself, for them, for my daughter, right? for those who are excited to attend and for her who might've been looking for them in the audience. All of those, and all are actually totally reasonable. If we had the thought that this play was happening and anyone who wanted to could attend, and then that didn't happen, disappointment, frustration, those are normal feelings. There's nothing wrong with them. We also don't have to stay with them. We're not obligated to stay in that space for an extended interval. And so here's that moment where I could say, well, was it helpful 
to be in that space of asking permission. Because what would have happened had I instead just extended that invite, found out it was potentially sold out, and just had those people come anyway? Well, they may have been allowed to enter and see the play, which might have been our A solution, right? The gold star experience. Everyone would have gotten what they wanted and it would have come to fruition. I don't know if that would have been the case. I don't know if they were allowing anyone in who wasn't on the list up until the last moment. I can't know any of that. And they could have come and been turned away. And that would have, again, been a different type of disappointment. Could have been an inconvenience, leaving your home, interrupting dinner hour, making this journey, attempting to park, having to walk, all of these different pieces. That could have happened as well. I don't know that either. I can just speculate in these spaces. But would that have been preferable to then ask for forgiveness on different levels for not having the correct information for those families, for causing a ruckus to the people collecting the tickets at the show? All of those are different possibilities. Same here. I could think, oh, I shouldn't have told them it was sold out. I should have just had them come and see what happened. That's an option. But what does thinking that do for me? It often does bring up that space of spinning and disappointment and frustration and self-judgment. And again, while that can be useful for a temporary amount of time, it really isn't a helpful place to be for an extended interval. All that to say, have you ever been in a space where you went out of your way to get permission or perhaps it would have worked to simply proceed with the information that you had and ask for forgiveness if presented that. Now, this can be a knife's edge conversation in dialogue and concept because it might say, well, you're doing this mindlessly, thoughtlessly, callously in a cavalier way. You're not considering anyone else's feelings and you're just flying by the seat of your pants and you're making assumptions and you're taking advantage. All of that could enter into this space. And I want to offer up that there can be a middle ground where there is understanding, where there is appreciation, where there is awareness, where there is thoughtfulness and mindfulness. And we can enter into a situation with as much of the information as is available to us in that moment. For example, I could have entered into the space of knowing I had these four tickets. And if they arrived at the door, they could ask if more were available. And that could have proceeded, right? That choose your own ending opportunity. That would have been moving forward without going so far into the permission and seeking this information to try to control all the variables as best you could. And instead, offering it up. And if it didn't work out, making peace with that. And again, in this situation, that opened the door for the A possibility, right? Opening and staying in that forgiveness space meant that it would have been possible for them to have seen the show versus the permission pathway closed that door. It no longer was a possibility, even though it very much could have happened. There were empty seats in that theater when the doors closed. So just noticing that and that we can control the way we engage with that. For example, if they did take that forgiveness route with me, right, and those friends showed up and they said, sorry, we don't have enough tickets for additional audience members today. They, again, could have had the disappointment, but they wouldn't necessarily have to, 
you know, cause a fuss or be aggressive to the ticket wielders in that situation. You could simply say, okay, we tried, we made the effort, we were here, wasn't available, and move on. So just noticing that, when does permission create a pathway? And when does it close doors to opportunity that forgiveness might otherwise keep open? And can we navigate that space with that awareness, understanding, and respect to allow ourselves to create a greater likelihood that we'll step toward that A-game, that success path, that ultimate outcome we seek that we otherwise might miss out on because we're trying to get it all as ready and perfect as possible. We bring that word in and we've talked about perfect and perfectionism in the past and just noticing that, that permission is trying to help us to make sure we get it all right. Maybe we get it exactly right. And maybe we get it right in a way that grants us approval. So just checking in with that. And if you're someone who might be listening to this and thinking, no, you absolutely have to have permission, right? You need to have the awareness. And now we could turn that into the space around consent, right? And that can be a whole other discussion. And absolutely, right? If we're talking about violating someone else's rights, absolutely permission is imperative. And I want to be very clear that I'm not pushing that line at all. I'm talking about situations right, in which we are moving forward that are within our realm of control when the impact is really our own to bear, right? where you're not infringing on someone else's experience. For example, in this theater ticket sample that we are exploring here, if those people came and if they were given tickets and it truly was sold out, say 260 out of 260 seats for tickets were given and they let them in and they took someone else's seat, that would be a problem. But we're talking about upholding the boundary. If they arrive and if the ticket wielders at the door, why I can't come up with a better <laughs> phrase for that. We're just going to embrace it for now. Ticket wielders, I'm going to get shirts made, I think. And they said, well, we have 23 available tickets. And so we'll put a little tally mark right? So if someone's coming, we don't have a ticket, we'll let 23 of those people come in. After that, we will not, even if it means some seats will remain empty because those tickets have been distributed, right? So there can be boundaries that allow for this forgiveness permission space to be navigated more effectively. But do hear me very clearly. I'm not suggesting do whatever you want without any person's permission. If it is something that is absolutely theirs to give, and it is their boundary to be upheld 100%. Uphold that in absolutely forgiveness is not an okay way to navigate that space. And I hope that's clear. And if it's not, please respond back to me. Let's have a discussion. Let's have a dialogue. I often comment on these episodes as its own conversation and dialogue. And I recognize it is a monologue in nature as I am speaking into a microphone and you are receiving it not necessarily in real time. I mean, not actually in real time, but not even on the same day, let's say perhaps maybe you're listening to this years later. But there is open space for a conversation with me. You're always welcome to contact me, thisosteopathiclife at gmail.com or on social media. And you can also open this discussion with those around you. Take these talking points in and say, what do you think? Forgiveness or permission? When's it okay? When's it not okay? When is it helpful? When is it closed doors? When does it create opportunities? And how are we doing so respectfully? And how many times are we not in a way because we are seeking to get it just right? And many times, if we look at the differential, 
let's talk about readiness for a job or an application for a job. Many times, right, we have data to support this. Women will not apply until they are 100% sure, right? They have met all of those exact requirements and have the adequate experience. And that might be that permission granting space. Whereas men might apply for that same job, even if they don't have any of those specifics, right? And not that they have no qualifications for it, but they don't have the full bullet point list. They say, well, I'm ready enough, right? They might ask for forgiveness of those pieces. And so there can be those examples. We were holding ourselves back because we don't have it exactly right. And we're seeking permission, either in checking all the boxes or making sure there's a 100% chance that no one will be turned away in this experience to minimize their discomfort or inconvenience instead of allowing for, well, I think I have it mostly ready. And I do believe I could do a great job in this position. So I'm going to put myself out there and see if they can say, I noted we had these requirements. And while you met these three, there are these two outstanding. And there can be a space for a dialogue that might be an opportunity to open doors. So let's take a little bit of a pivot here and look at some of the definitions of forgiveness and permission. And because both of those are different versions of shorter root words, we're going to go to some of those base words. So forgive, definition of forgive, to cease to feel resentment against, to forgive one's enemies. And just noticing this, and I'm going to read the second one as well, to give up resentment of or claim to requital. So to forgive an insult. In both of those, and this comes up a lot, that forgiveness is not for the person you're forgiving, but it's for you. And both of these would really speak to that. Because the other person may not even know. How would they know that you have given up? You have released resentment toward them. Do you tell them? Does it mean anything? Do they feel anything from that? But notice, if you just think about that word resentment, it's a big word. I'd almost put it in that when I'm going to pay a space because it's, you feel it. It's constrictive. I feel it in my chest, right? It's a feeling, resentment. And the experience of it, the saying of it, the feeling of it, to me, is so toxic. It feels heavy and draggy. It feels like contamination. And that is something that really only you can know. Only you can know when it's happening. So if you're in a pre-space of forgiveness. You're not there yet. Noticing the impact it has on you and the cost of that on you. And it can feel like you are winning, that you're victorious for not forgiving the person because it's not okay. But recognize the impact it has on you in that space. And so here as well, when we're talking about forgiveness, recognizing who we're seeking that from And when we are seeking it externally, are we looking for an absolution from something? Someone to tell us that it's all okay, that of course that's what we did and we couldn't have known, all of those pieces. And that is possible. Someone can extend that to you. They can say it to you, right? I forgive you or it's okay. And we could talk about that, how we receive apologies, for example. And Harriet Lerner has great books on that. And she was on a great episode with Brene Brown on her Unlocking Us podcast. And just seeing how we incarnate that and offer it up. But even in the situation that we've reviewed here today, had I taken the forgiveness route 
and say those friends did show up and were turned away, I could extend them an apology. They could forgive me or they couldn't. They get to choose. I cannot know or control that of them. I don't have to be reliant on that to complete that experience because ultimately what's required, and it's interesting, I hesitate to use that word, but to really feel the impact of coming through that successfully and effectively is that I need to extend myself forgiveness for saying, wow, you gave them this information and you pulled them out of their homes at dinner time and they showed up and they had to go home and explain to their kids, like we were going to see this play, but then there weren't tickets and we didn't know. And here we are. And they might be all frustrated. They might be mad at me directly. Again, all of that I can't totally know. I absolutely can't control. And I can also notice that we may simply extend one another grace. Well, that was a great idea. Would have loved to have gone. Sorry, it didn't work out. Same conversation can happen in the permission route, but there the opportunity was even snuffed earlier of not being able to get into the play. But ultimately, it's me saying on either of those choices, right? I have the opportunity still here to extend myself forgiveness to say, well, right, you did the best you could with the information you had. You chose to extend the sold out status so as to avoid any inconvenience. Even acknowledging the risk that it meant they wouldn't be able to see the show. So checking in, if we're talking forgiveness, if we're seeking it from others, if we are refusing to grant it to others because it feels like we are taking a stand and holding our ground and recognize the impact that it has on us internally and what is the act of extending forgiveness to ourselves and what is it like to grant that to others even if they don't know. It might not be any of their business, whether or not you are forgiving. And the impact is worth it for how it affects you in the long term. So considering that, let's look at permission. And again, one that's a little bit shorter. I'm going to read a few of the synonyms for it because the definition for permission is the act of permitting or authorization. And then looking at that allowance, clearance, consent, granting, right? Looking at those And again, being very clear that this isn't minimizing the importance of consent in spaces where we are directly interacting with an individual or a group and their personal rights are on the line. That is not one we are crossing with this concept here. But recognizing when we often look for permission for something that isn't anyone else's to grant to us, how many times do we look outside of ourselves for permission to do something that really we should be deciding. Now you might get an opinion. I often talk about it as taking a survey. What would you do in this situation? And ultimately making the decision myself. But check in for when you're actually relinquishing your power and allowing someone else to take that over and to tell you what you can do and not do, what is okay and not okay, and the impact of that. And in this situation, we're following this thread. We have it here now where we're a solid way into this episode and just seeing, right? So again, I wasn't going to drag someone in and take up a seat without moving through the space, right? Of the ticket wielders, we're going with that, those doorkeepers, seat keepers to say yes or no. But asking in advance and being told to not even bring a friend to the door, right? I was letting someone else make that judgment for me when instead I could have decided, well, it may be sold out. It looks pretty busy, but it might be worth 
right? The disappointment of the turnaway at the door, just in case some seats might actually be available. And granting them that space to decide, granting myself the space to make a determination to say, they can come and ask this question and get the direct information themselves, and we can go from there. But instead, checking in, right? And that checking in can seem so innocent, but getting someone else to tell you, and sometimes that can be relieving, it can be alleviating because they might be then taking the responsibility, but it can also be limiting because they are being granted the power. So check in with that. When is your asking of permission actually you giving away the power you have to make that decision directly? And who is the number one authority of that experience? And hopefully, if it is the something that has to do directly with you and your experience, you are the ultimate authority for you. So looking at permit, to consent to expressly or formally, right? Permit to access to records or to tickets, <laughs> to give leave, right? To authorize. So you are granting that to someone to make possible. And even that, so opening up that door. So where permission can be so helpful. And checking in with those times when it is absolutely imperative that we get permission because it isn't ours to take. It's someone else's to grant. But being mindful, when we have crossed over into that space, where we have granted someone else the opportunity to take charge and become the authority in our lives when that really isn't appropriate. So as we look at this experience, staying out of a space of shame, guilt, resentment even for how it transpired. Instead, noticing the lesson, noticing the opportunity, noticing the gift that it made space for this episode to come through. And that in the future, I will first look back and maybe get the logistics ahead of time. We could talk about that in the chaos that is May. We've had May episodes discussing that component. We can notice, okay, this is the information we have and these are the possible outcomes the, it's worth investing in the highest possible outcome and taking the chance that disappointment will be part of that. But closing the door on it entirely doesn't feel like the best choice. So next time, we will make all of those components known and then we'll let those people decide for themselves what they want to take on. And we're going to check in and notice when we're asking permission inappropriately when we are giving away our own power and autonomy in order to allow someone else to tell us what is okay, not okay, perhaps so that it alleviates some sense of responsibility, but noticing the impact it has on our power ultimately. And for forgiveness, checking in and noticing when we are holding on to it, when we are not likely to relinquish it, to extend it to ourselves. Let's stop there first and foremost. How many of these situations exist? You haven't forgiven yourself for how it happened because you're stuck in that should space because should is a major stopper to that pathway of forgiveness because we're still in that should. We haven't moved to a space where we say, well, this is what happened because it's the thing that happened and I can learn from this going forward. So how can you grant yourself access to that pathway for your own benefit and for no other reason. And even that is a stopper on the path of forgiveness because we often don't believe that we have the right 
to create that space and grace for ourselves. And we're looking for it from others. And if we are in a space where we're extending forgiveness to another or we're seeking it from someone else, recognize that we can't control that, what they grant to us or how they receive what we extend to them. They might say, I don't accept your apology, right? Or there are many other versions that aren't an effective closure of a situation. And recognizing that we must step away from trying to control those pieces and instead stay focused on how we are engaging internally with forgiveness and what the impact is of retaining resentment. That could be a book or an article, retaining resentment, because it does have toxic effects on our system. And if we are talking here about the health of all things, the health of all things absolutely imperatively begins with us on that base level, on the cellular level, and stewing in an environment of resentment to avoid granting forgiveness in order to take a stand or punishing ourselves over and over again for not making the best choice that we could have made. Being able to grant that really is liberating for ourselves. And from there, it's a very different experience and engagement with all of those around us. So I thank you for being here with me. I'm not asking for your permission for the frequency of podcasting, nor am I seeking your forgiveness for the intermediary disbursement of them in this season. I'm also checking in with myself and granting my own permission for how frequently they arise and offering myself forgiveness for perhaps not being as consistent as I have been in the past recognizing that there are seasons and there are spaces and there are opportunities to get back on track and to release any resentment, any lament, even any disappointment. Not that any of those are problematic, but we can also see the impact they can have on our health overall. So I look forward to joining you on Tuesdays. And who knows, we had that podcast a day experience back in season three And as that is ready to emerge, I will welcome it forth. I do have a great conversation episode coming out this Friday. And I've also begun a new Instagram handle at live underscore inconceivable. I still have this osteopathic life and they have common threads, but they also have some unique opportunities. And so if you are so inclined, if you happen to be on Instagram and would like to follow at live underscore inconceivable, come on over, check that out. And find me at This Osteopathic Life on all the other spaces and feel free to send me your reflections on this experience or on any of the other episodes you might have listened to in the past. This is Dr. Amelia Beeky with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.